Hey guys, in this AB Talks with Hath J, we really, really get to talk about him as a human being, as an artist, his journey, his emotions. It's uh, definitely an impressive one, and I hope you enjoy it. Ahlan Harat. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. So we start with how are you really doing? How am I really doing? Mm. I'm good, I think. I mean, if I'm honest, right now I feel like I'm kind of, I'm kind of floating in, in like a fake land, like because I haven't been home for so long. So I feel like a, a part of me feels like I'm playing like a like a role in a film, because you know I haven't I haven't been with things that I relate to for so long, like my family, friends, even like activities. I've been trying to to do activities here and stuff, and I love it here, but. I kind of feel like I, uh, I'm forgetting a lot. <laughs> it's been two months, two months of being here, but I feel good. I feel, I feel, I feel happy in the moment, honestly. And how is uh, your heart feeling today? My heart. Mm. Oof. <laughs> uh, honestly, when it comes to like my heart, I, I don't really know, like. Uh, I need to be more, I feel like I need to be more in touch with my heart. Like I do, I do a lot with my brain rather than my heart. And I've been like that since I was about 16. When I was a kid, I was a very sensitive kid. I, was, I, used, to, I used to cry about everything. I used, to, I used to laugh about everything. I used to, yeah, I was very sensitive. But since, uh, since the age of about 16, I kind of stopped leading with my heart and I just, kind of do everything with my brain right now, whether it's work, relationships, everything really. So when people ask me, how's my heart doing? It's like, only God knows. <laughs> That's how I feel. But uh, So you miss how you used to make decisions when you were younger, before 16? I don't miss it, no. Mm -hmm. I don't miss it. I, I miss it. I feel like there has to be a balance. I wouldn't say that I miss being like that because it was too much. Like, I would feel everything. I mean, sometimes I get jealous of people when I see them feeling a lot. And like, I can see people leading with their heart. I have a cousin who's here with me and she's very like, whatever's happening, she feels it. She has a heart on her sleeve. And with those kind of people, they're very easy to trust because you can see that they're not thinking too much. They're not thinking about what to say, they just say it. They're not thinking about how to act, they just act like that. So I miss that, I miss the innocence of that. Because you know, nowadays I feel like I, I overthink every single move. But it's life, isn't it? This, this experience has made me like this. I didn't choose to be like this. I was, I was, like I said, I was different before. So gradually, for, for different reasons, I became like this. Uh, but I wouldn't say I miss, I miss being like that though. You said, uh, you used the word balance, which I agree with. Mm. I think uh, being, I'm a very logical, rational guy. Yeah. But does that mean it's the best thing? I would say it's the safer thing. Yeah. You know, people who are all heart, they um, hurt a lot and they love a lot. Mm. Um, and I asked it on Instagram. I'm like, if you think about all of the wrong decisions you've made in your life, I can bet 80% were emotional decisions. Yeah. Fire somebody, exactly. break up with somebody, <laughs> yeah. uh, say something or hit something or break something. Yeah. It's usually all emotional decisions, which are very uh, risky. 
So if you had to choose, I would always choose the brain over the heart, but I would say the mix is the best. You lose out on a lot. If you, if you leave the heart, you just lose out on a lot. Like you said, if I had to choose, I'd choose the brain. But because I know what I've been like for, for, for the past however many years, I know what I'm losing out on. I know I'm losing out on a lot of things like that I should be able to, 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 to get, but because I'm just not letting myself, I'm just missing out. But khair, hopefully, hopefully I can find a, a balance. <laughs> More as I grow older, you know, as you mature, you, you learn how to balance them both out, I feel. But yeah. Why do you think you became like this? I know why I became like this. Um, it happens to a lot of people, I think, growing up. Like, you'll go through something and because of like how badly, it, um, not even how badly, because of how much, whether it was pain or anything, how much you felt, you're just a bit cautious after that, whether, whether to put yourself in those kind of predicaments again. With me, I went through like some bad heartache when I was, when I was growing up. Like I said, as a kid, I was fine. I was, I was happy. I didn't worry about these kind of things. And then life hits everyone in different ways. When I was about 14, I had, I'd experienced my first like kind of heartache, not in relationships, in terms of like family stuff and, and, and like or death or things like that. And I realized like, wow, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit too, I'm a bit too soft because the, the amount it was affecting me compared to everyone else was too much. People tell me now that that's a power to be able to feel more than everyone else can be, can be a good thing. And I, I can understand it, can understand what they mean, but as a kid, it wasn't a good thing because I didn't know how to deal with it. And uh, I just basically, one night, when, I, when things got really bad, I just made a decision to just switch. I said, I'm not going to be like this no more because life is affecting me too much. And like I said, it's a, it can be a very bad thing because there's beautiful things in life that you need to let affect you. But um, I don't. I would rather not take the risk as of as of right now, anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So I've been like this for a while now, honestly. But yeah, hopefully, like I said, we can. I can find a balance as I get older because I do realize what I'm missing out on. Do you lose yourself the more you become like this? You lose the essence exactly. of Hara. Yeah. You are. You feel like honestly, the only way I can describe it is I feel like I've left. I've left myself behind a long time ago. And because of what, what else has happened in my life, like I've, I've, so much things have happened in my life over the last like seven, eight years because of work and, and, and so on. Even more reason to forget, like even more reason that I can hardly even remember what it felt like to, 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 to feel that much. Like nowadays, things that are affecting everyone around me, I just, I feel really numb. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel anything. And there's times where it gets me really angry because I'm like, well, I, should, I should be feeling like pain right now. I should be, or I should be feeling love right now when a new baby is born or, or somebody passes away or, or something happens and everyone around me is feeling. And for example, I was in, um, I was in Lebanon like four or five months ago. And there was a lot I was seeing because I went after the explosion to, to try and help with a, with a charity. And, there was, a, there was a lot of crazy things we were seeing. We were seeing kids 
with their arms like that had been blown off and they've lost their whole families and they're crying to us and they're telling us that they, they need help. Everyone around me is crying and like everyone around me is taking it in. Like I'm looking around, I'm seeing my friends I took with me as well. I've never seen these people cry before. I've never seen these people get vulnerable. And I was, I was literally asking God, I was like, please, like, let me, let me feel this like a little bit because I, I couldn't, I, I didn't feel like I was feeling anything. I wanted to help, but I didn't feel the, I didn't feel the connection that everyone else was feeling. So there's, um, there's a lot of times where, where, where I regret kind of making that decision to, to, to turn into like a robot. But like I said, when I was a kid, I, I didn't know how to, to deal with being sensitive. It, it, it was too much. But you're not a robot, Harith. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> like just now. Yeah. Your heart was hurting right now. Right now. Yeah. Your voice cracked. You felt something and you felt upset with how numb you think you were. But I could tell you were not numb. Yeah. I know. Like sometimes I'll 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 feel I'll feel the urge to like just just let, because obviously I know, like you said, I'm not a robot. I feel the urge to just let everything out, but there's always something that will stop it, always, without fail. And and I just need to get rid of that. And um, yeah, it's coming in the way of things now, honestly, because I wanna I wanna fall in love. I wanna I wanna have kids, but it's a scary thought. Like, if you have kids, and you don't. Like, I'm thinking, am I going to love them enough? Like, am I going to care about them enough? If I have a wife, when I see, like, my cousins and my uncles and, and my dad even, like, how they are with their partners, I can't imagine it, honestly. It's, a, it's the selflessness. Like I said, I think about everything. Everything. So whenever something is happening with me and another person, I'm just thinking about me. All I'm thinking about is me. But when I see my dad, how he makes decisions and he thinks about my mum at the same time, it's, it's like alien to me. I can't imagine it. But so it's coming in the way a little bit. But inshallah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying. See, I'm going to put this on record. Yeah. I think you'll be a great father. I appreciate it. And I'm not making this up. I'm not telling it to to massage your ego or to make you feel better. Mm. Uh, I'm getting to know you. Today is the first time we meet. It is. Um, however, uh, you feel a lot more than what you think. You've, you've painted yourself as this guy who's numb. You are the opposite of numb. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm saying it out of an outsider observing. I've met numb people. Yeah. You feel too much. But you have too much defense mechanisms and shields. Yeah. But I think the moment you're going to, when you're going to be a father, inshallah, you remember this, it's going to break you in a nice way. You're going to love uh, and it's scary. I, I'm a very, um, a lot of people think I'm also very cold. Yeah. And they think I'm very numb. Maybe that's the word they'd use or very harsh. Yeah. But uh, my mother said uh, that when I got kids, she's like, it showed it showed how much you can love. And the for the first time we see you express it. I express love at work. Mm. 
You see how much I love my work and how much I love my show and how much... You see, that's my, my language of love. But then my kids came up and suddenly this guy who everybody thinks is a bit yeah. too stiff yeah. is hugging and kissing and yeah. like, hey, what's up with you? Bring something else. It will, you. You'll see. It's so funny you say that because one of my best friends last year, he had a kid. And this is someone who I've grown up with my whole life. And when he had a kid, the first time I saw him like hold his son and like looking at, look at his son, I felt something crazy like come over me. Like it was like, a, the only way I can explain it, it was, it was like an out of body experience, like a surreal, real, real surreal moment for me. And I was like, I need that because I could see the happy, happiness was radiating off of him. When he was looking at his son, I've never ever seen him that happy and content. Obviously, it's, people might think it's obvious, he's just had his first kid. But when you see it, someone who I've known my whole life, I've, I've, seen, them, I've seen them laugh, I've seen them cry, but this is a new, it was a new sensation that I had never seen. And it, it made me crave it, it made me proper crave it. But how I go about getting that, <laughs> that's one thing I don't and, know. <laughs> and you feel that way, Harith, and yeah. it's not even your son. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if it's your son. Good luck. <laughs> um, I'm going to rewind a bit. Yeah. Uh, tell me how your childhood was. Uh, my childhood, I owe it to my parents to say that I had an amazing childhood. Because the way they raised me, you don't see it when you're a child, obviously. But when I look back at it, I'm like, wow. I admire them so much for everything they did. My father was working like three jobs when I was born. I was the first, so I'm the eldest child. I have four younger siblings. So I've seen the, I've seen the timeline play out. I've seen how everything has changed and didn't realize it, like I said, only until now where we're all grown up. I just have to stand back and admire him and just congratulations because the, because the, the, the way that they've improved as parents and as people from I'm not saying they were bad with me, <laughs> but obviously I was a test, you know what I'm saying? The way they've improved to my little sister, who's uh, 13, so she's 10 years younger than me, is, is like, it's like they were reading tuition, like they were studying. That's, 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 that's what it's like, it's the only way I can explain it. So yeah, I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a really nice childhood. I had a lot of cousins around me all the time. I was, uh, I was usually, like, I'd say like, popular like where I went I was I used to love showing off like I was I was fast <laughs> I used to love football that's all that's all you need if you're growing up in London if you're fast and you're good at football <laughs> that's it <laughs> you're making it yeah. in life <laughs> up until like 15 16 anyway so I worked on those two things growing up because I realized okay I've got, got to be good at these things and luckily I love them anyway I love running I love playing football so I was happy a lot of the time saying that there are a lot of dark moments that like I don't I can't forget um, that have kind of defined me. So although most of my childhood was 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 happy, I'd say ninety five percent of it was all happy. And um, yeah, just there's there's a couple couple moments that have ended up defining me more. And so I feel really ungrateful saying this, even speaking out loud, because. I have so much, I should be grateful to God for so much that he's given me, but just little moments here and there have had more effect on me than all of the happiness that I've experienced and managed and, and 
managed to managed to live. Um, I don't know why that is. My parents told me uh, they didn't tell me until recently. Actually, they said that you used to wake up every night when you were a kid and just scream, like, and they explained so much to me. <laughs> I didn't know this. They said up until the age of like five, six, you had this thing called night frights, where you would wake up in the middle of the night just screaming and they they didn't know what what in the world was going on they were just like because i'm their first child they're they're reading on the internet like what is this what is this we have no idea why is our child screaming in the middle of the night i think he's possessed like, what's going on but apparently it's a not a normal thing but it's a some other people go through it as well it's, it's called night frights and and you just can't do anything about it i was just i was just obviously troubled some some sort of way and throughout my whole life, I've always had sleeping problems. I don't know if you can see, my eyes are quite dark. Look at mine. Yeah. <laughs> but I sleep good. People say much. that, but, but I, not much. Whenever, I, whenever people tell me, look at mine, I'm looking, but it's not like mine. <laughs> your yeah. ones look good, bro. <laughs> mine, I don't know. It's and you're a lot older than me, so they, they, should, they should be worse than mine, but they're mm. not. <laughs> they look good. Thank you. For, for many times in my life, I've actually been so like, self-conscious. I've worn glasses everywhere I've gone because there's been times where I haven't slept for days like, and, and I don't want people to see like, me looking like that. So I'll wear like coloured glasses or... I was even thinking about wearing them today, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> I wouldn't have let you. Exactly, I no. knew it. <laughs> no. I knew it, bro. I was thinking, I know someone's going to make me take them off. Mm. <laughs> I was going to wear a hat and glasses because that's like my, my covering state. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, read, like, I read an article that the new generation yeah. Uh, a lot of the school kids love hoodies is because they're introverted and they don't want yeah. to deal with people. That's why wow. hoodies are so popular in schools. And they, they're allowed yeah. to wear the hoods? Always, it's like that and they're yeah. just in their own zone. Like that. Yeah. I wasn't like that as a kid though. I was very, I was an extrovert bro. <laughs> I was a proper extrovert. Yeah, you said show off. I was a proper show off. Like, yeah. there was a lot of attention on me. Like, if I look back from when I was a kid, maybe because like, I was the first born, even though I had younger siblings that were coming quick after my parents, they always showed me a lot of time. I was closer with my grandparents, I'd say, growing up than my parents. So when I look back, my grandparents raised me, raised me more than my parents, I'd say. Not more, in different ways, but I would always want to be around them. You know, elder people like fascinate me. They had honestly like, I'm not trying to speak about them as if they're some different species, <laughs> but they fascinate me. Like the yeah. stories, the things that you can learn from them from day to day. And my parents were, were new parents. My grandparents were people that have been through parenting like for 30 years. So being with them, I felt a lot calmer. I felt yeah. like they knew more what they were doing. I felt more safe. I've never opened up to any of my parents in my life, ever. Oh, wow. Never. But my grandparents, before they, um, before they both passed, I would talk to them every day, every single day about life, relationships, what's going on. And I just felt that was like my safe bubble, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think people should uh, value their grandparents a lot. A lot of people, they, 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 they don't realize. But, but grandparents are, are an asset, honestly, for, for, for life. It's I a learned, good word to use. Yeah, I learned so much. From them. What were the uh, the 5% of what? Of your bad moments compared to the 95 good, if I may ask. Like what, what were they? Yeah, like what kind of 
traumas or um, challenges? So I, I lost I lost the closest people to me when I was quite young. Like they they passed. Like I said, I was very close to my grandparents, and I was close to one or two other people as well. That for for whatever reason, God had different plans for them. They 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 left they left life when I was not ready for them to leave life. Like they were healthy people, like my grandparents as, as well. Like even though they were old, they weren't old. They were like sixties, early seventies max, and they were healthier than from what I could see. They were even healthier than my parents. I would go out and play golf with my grandmother every morning. Would go to Portugal, Ireland, travel all around Europe, just playing golf and 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 just making memories. You know, I didn't I didn't even care to make memories with my friends like I wanted to make with my with my with my nana and my and my granddad. And I used to sleep with them in their bedroom upstairs in the loft. And so when they when they got taken like from me, it was as if like my whole kind of whatever I had learned and like become was just suddenly just gone. Like I had to restart life. I have my parents, I have my, my brothers and sisters, but they were like my, they were like my kind of light. Like they helped me through everything. And I was just like, hold on, I'm only 16, 17. I'm about to go through all of the, the main parts right now. Like how am I supposed to do that without them? And the way the way that they passed was was uh, them and 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 others. Like I said, I was never prepared, so I never got the chance to to really say goodbye to people. Like for whatever reason, I don't know. Like God has a better plan, obviously. But I felt it was it was it was quite harsh. I don't feel sorry for myself, and I don't I don't question God's plan. But for me, as a kid, I couldn't work out. Why, why are people being taken like that just quickly? And why am I not being taken with them? Because this is my world. Like, you're leaving me here by myself. That's how I felt. Which may seem ungrateful to so many people because I have so much loved ones around me, but this was, this was kind of all I knew. And those moments, like I said, they, they ended up kind of defining me. And like, they defined how I became. They defined how I act now. Like, how I am when I get into close relationships. I lost someone, I lost the closest person in the world to me, really, to, um, to suicide. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's something that you just, you just as, a, as a kid, I was 17, really, you, you, just, you just never really understand after that. Like, you just, you're left kind of thinking, what is this place like? Like, it can end just like that and someone can choose for it to end just like that. So everything that I had been taught growing up, I was raised as a Muslim, my parents, they were both converts. Everything I had been taught, God is in control of everything, you know? He's, God's got your back. Like God is, uh, he's on your side. So I was, sometimes I was angry at God, but I was like, For someone to take their own life, they have the power like, to do that. No matter how much I tried to stop them, and I tried, like I tried, I tried. And I asked God as well, I said, please, like, 
because I could see which direction it was going in. And I was young, I was thinking, there's no way I can carry on life without this person. No way. Like, don't, don't take him from me, please. I used to ask him, like, and obviously, it's just God has a better plan. Like, I don't know, I, I can't argue with it. And I'm just learning how to kind of, kind of live with that and learn. Yeah. Suicide's a confusing thing, bro. Even when I think of it now, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make no sense. But we, we're told in it, this life is very temporary. This life is, this life is nothing, just it's quick, passing by. <laughs> I have a friend uh, who committed suicide uh, two years ago. Yeah. Fifties. Three kids. Good wife. She, she said that the guy who jumped is not her husband. She's like, no way my husband would do that. And that's what's scary about suicide is sometimes it's so sneaky. You don't know they're going to be able to do something like that. And this is a guy I knew, like Harith. I'm not talking about an unstable guy. Normal guy. I'm talking about a normal guy who loves his kids. And yeah. I truly know he loves his kids. That's all he talks about. For somebody like that to jump out of a window, it's not normal. You need medical help. You're not thinking normally. Any, I think any human being from any faith, uh, just to r remove your own life is not a normal action. Because you're like, if I put you under the water, no matter how much you hate your life, you're going to come up. Mm. You're not going to stay. Your body is not going to allow you to stay underwater. You're going to jump up. So that's in your being yeah. to survive. So anybody who does the opposite, it's not, it's it's not, not natural. Yeah. This is what I was told yeah, to, by people who were trying to help me overcome this situation. Like, they would always tell me this exact thing that you said. But like, it's, it's hard to think like that. Like, because they're, like you said, they're so normal. I was, with, I was with them in the morning at 7, 8 p.m. I got a phone call. I'm like, how? Like, I was with, I was with him like six, seven hours ago. I told him I'll see you, see you back at home later. Like, how, I, I just couldn't work it out. Like, how, this is what I'm saying. How could someone have that much control in a bad way over their life? And like you said, it, it obviously it must come down to them just not being, not being right. Like, How did he commit suicide? I, I, don't, I'd rather just not say, but... You don't have to. Yeah, it was, it's not, not in a nice way, man. Like, I wasn't allowed to see the body after. So I, I, I kind of lost my mind after, obviously. Like, I, when I found out, I tried to run to the, uh, to the hospital where they, had, where they were keeping him and I tried to, I couldn't believe it. I wasn't going to believe it because it didn't make any sense to me. I was, I was just with him, like, you can't tell me he's dead. Like, so, and I, I'd saved his life twice before. So I was thinking in my head, I'm going to save his life. Like, I'm going to save his life. That's it. No one can stop me. It doesn't matter. My dad was trying to tell me, listen, like, you, you, it's done. Like, but it's hard for a parent to see their child like that. They don't really know what to say. I wasn't expecting my dad to be able to know what to say to me. I wasn't expecting anyone to be able to know. So I, I'm, I've run to the hospital in the middle of the night. I'm banging on the doors. Let me, let me see, let me see. 
I need to see it with my own eyes. Not, everyone's telling me, you can't see. I'm like, okay, then you can't bury him. Like, let me see. They just, they didn't let me. They said, his body's not in, in good enough condition. I remember they showed me on the day of the janazah, they let me inside the, you know, the masjid and they showed me his foot. I just said, I need to see something. The janazah was quite a long time after his death because, you know, with suicide, they have to do a whole investigation and stuff. So I said, I said, I've waited for like, I think it was a couple of weeks. I said, I waited for a couple of weeks. I still was in disbelief. I said, I'm still, take me, take me to the body. At least let me see it in the shroud. Then they showed me his foot and that. They didn't let me see the rest of the body because even the, even the, even his feet were not in good enough really condition to show. Um, but yeah, like you said, this is something that was obviously I have to I have to try and believe was not in my control. No matter how much the problem is, like I said, because I saved his life before. I, I felt like it came down to me, and to this day, I'm just like. You know, if I didn't go out that day, if we'd never had this argument, if we never, if we never, this never happened, that never happened, if, but, maybe, everyone's like, to me, it was going to happen anyway. It was just a ticking time bomb. But with suicide, you can't, there's no, I don't think there's any healing from it. You just have to learn to live, live with it, which is what I'm doing. How long ago was this? This is about six years ago. And you blamed yourself for a long time? Yeah, I blame myself now, man. Like, I, I, what, what that kind of thing does to you, you can't, you can't stop it. It's such, a, it's such a crazy, it feels like this energy is just following you around everywhere you go. No matter how happy you are in a moment, it will remind you straight away, hold on, this happened. Then you have to straight away go back to being not sad, but you go back to knowing, okay. It's like, it's like a person is coming around with you, following, following you around everywhere, not letting you be happy. Ever since then, I've had some happy moments in my life since then, but they don't last longer than a couple minutes because I'm always constantly reminded. And there's things that have happened in my life since then, trauma and pain and, and stuff. And honestly, I just, kind of just brush them aside and just and just move on and I don't like the person it turned me into like I said I don't like the person it turned me into man because I've now been able to do things that are not in my nature I was a like I was a sensitive kid I would never hurt people growing up I'm very emotionally aware even now I'm emotionally aware I might not feel everything or think I'm feeling everything but I'm emotionally aware I know if, if you was upset right now I could tell like if, if, if anyone was upset, I'll be able to. I'll be able to say. It. I'll be able to feel it. So, because I want to stay so far away from feeling, it's made me appear to be very insensitive at times to people. Even though I'm, I know, like I, I can see. In my relationships that I've had, I'm, from the outside looking in, I look like a monster, bro. Like, and I know that with every person I've ever had the close relationship with, I look like an absolute monster. Like, I've actually written a, I've written a song called Monster that I had to write 
Um, the music is music for me. We haven't even talked about music yet, but <laughs> music for me is proper healing, bro. Like it's therapeutic. So if I feel something and I think something about myself, people like to write in their diaries, which is I feel like is really helpful. My cousin was telling me this the other day. If I write a song about how I'm feeling, I can understand more. It doesn't change anything, but I can understand. But yeah, man, I don't like honestly what 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 I've become. But um, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to get better. That's the main thing. That's the way forward for you. It's yeah. okay not to like where you are today. Yeah. It's not okay to stay there. Yeah. So it's not okay. Even if there. you have to move one, centi- one millimeter at yeah. a time, you're still moving. You're yeah. one millimeter ahead than before. Talking about it is one way. Then taking little actions, who you surround yourself with, do you have time for harath? Mm. Things like that, you know? Do you surround yourself with love? Are you trying to open yourself, although it's a bit uncomfortable? You're probably very, um, you're probably very loving with babies and animals. Yeah. <laughs> well, animals are very loving. <laughs> very loving. Because they don't hurt you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't have that uh, shield up. Yeah. But I shouldn't have it up with like even my family. I shouldn't have it up like no, it's, it's my family. You have to look. First thing you need to do, how does you need to accept that you have it up? Yeah. You can't say I shouldn't. I should. Okay, halas. We know you shouldn't. We all know. Yeah. But accept that it's there. There is a wall. Yeah. Now, how do you break or crack or chip at a wall? That's the question. The wall is not gonna suddenly vanish. You know, and yeah. and it's fine because you know from the little I know about your story, it makes sense. I think any person in your shoes would probably have similar reactions. Yeah. How was um, your relationship with your parents? You had nice things to say. Yeah, only nice things to say about my parents. My, my, um, my dad was, uh, he was, he was quite angry growing up. <laughs> he, was, uh, he used to, my dad's proper sensitive. He cries a lot, he laughs a lot. He cries all the time, bro. All the time. If anyone knows my dad, because he, he fundraises, he does like charity fundraising in the UK. So some people, quite a lot of people in our community know him. And whenever I see people that know him, they're like, how's your dad? Has he stopped crying yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he, he just cries. It's beautiful, huh? Yeah, he cries. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's Honestly, it's beautiful. Like, he cried at, uh, you know, Paddington, the, 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 the film, mm. The Bear. Yeah. He cried at the end of Paddington. Yeah. We're watching. He cries at everything. But um, yeah, so it kind of, when I was growing up, his anger turned into just like sadness. Not sadness, just, just vulnerability. Mm. He used to, it used to be all anger. He never used to cry when I was a kid. And then, I don't know, he, maybe because he had daughters. I don't, I don't know. It makes you soft, apparently. Yeah. I don't have daughters. So. Yeah? You have I daughters? don't. Oh, no. you don't have daughters. Yeah, and a pa- my, my best friend was saying, until you have daughters, you don't know what a father is. But you said already your sons are making you Two soft. Two sons, yeah. Imagine a daughter. Yeah. Mm. But it also brings out like a like a different side of you as well, like protective side. Oh, big yeah. time! Yeah. It's like it's built in you. <laughs> You're it's just built in you. The attack. Yeah, yeah, straight. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that as well with him. But but yeah, so he, he cries a lot now, man. Like every time he's given a talk, even at the dinner table, we're just like, oh, come on, <laughs> come on, Abba, man. <laughs> the tissues are there on standby. <laughs> um, but yeah, and my mother's very very soft. She's she's. Um, She's not emotional, she's not as emotional. So she was raised by a single mother who was very, uh, just working nine to five all the time. 
she kind of raised herself and her, and her brother. She didn't experience much physical love growing up as well. So she's kind of like me, how I am now. Mm. She doesn't really tend to know how to show love physically. She does it in the way, in the things that she does for us. Like she's the most selfless woman I know. She 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 spends her whole life doing things for us, and that's how we know that she loves us, because we don't hug. <laughs> Me and her, <laughs> we don't hug. We don't we don't have moments like that. But if sometimes I'm feeling like unloved by her, I just remind myself, hold on, hold on, hold on, take a couple of steps back. The other day, she drove three hours to come get you from here and then drop you off there and pick up this and go. That's her love yeah, language. Exactly, yeah, her love yeah. language. Yeah, you know about love languages, yeah. Mm. My, my friends are always telling me about these love languages. Yeah. And it's funny, Harith, how when you were younger, yeah. you were a version of your dad, big heart, big emotions, yeah. and now you're a version of maybe you do feel, yeah. but you don't express as easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, school, how was it? School was, yeah, school was good. I liked school until I was, I liked primary school. Hmm. Primary school, I was just like, like I said, I was just trying to be fast and good at football and, and I was succeeding. <laughs> I was succeeding in those areas, so I, I was always happy. Whenever it was break time, lunch time, this was my chance again to just show everyone I'm the best. You know what I'm saying? I'm the best, bro. <laughs> so I used to love. I used to love primary school. Uh, I, I'm still in contact with more friends from primary school than secondary school. Hmm. So I had a lot more fun there. In secondary school, this, that's when like my life started to like take different turns and stuff. So I didn't have as much fun. The exams, I was never a fan of exams and studying. I, I hated, hated like maths and science and stuff like that. Like they're just, I don't know, man. I don't, do you like, like maths? I'm good at it, but no, I don't like it. Bro, like as soon as they started to bring in the letters, <laughs> like the algebra, <laughs> algebra yeah. it just didn't make any sense to me. Like why, you, why, does, why does that equal X, Y? <laughs> no one can give me an actual logical explanation. They'll just show me how to work it out. But I'm just saying, why? I, I want it to equal T instead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't like most of my subjects in school, to be honest. But maths was the worst. Mm. And I hated exams. I hated exams. Like, I think it's something about just everyone doing the same thing, you know? Ah. I just wanted it to be different. So I was just like, nah, I, I don't like just sitting here in a quiet room full of hundred people. I can, you don't want to be part of the herd. Yeah, exactly. Something yeah. to do with that. I can relate. And I used to cheat in every exam. Yeah. <laughs> every single exam, bro. I would cheat. I would find a way of cheating. I don't know how. Some, sometimes I would ask for the answers on tracing paper from the guy sitting next to me who would give me the answers. Yeah. Sometimes I would pay someone before to just like whisper them to me throughout the test. Yeah. But it was hard to cheat, honestly. Like, so. I give myself more credit for that than for the... <laughs> Man, I, you reminded me when I was in college. Yeah. Um, so I studied in Boston. Okay, nice. And uh, in America, they have too much trust in the student. Really? They didn't know they were dealing with Arabs. Wow. Man, so I, remember, nice, I remember going to an exam. Yeah. Uh, and it was something in, in science, one of the sciences. Yeah. It was so hard. <laughs> So anyways, we're sitting there and we're all screwed, like, like shit, this is so hard. Like, yeah. oh, no, the fuck, we're going to, you know, pass this shit. Yeah. And then yeah. the professor goes, all right, guys, I'm going to step out for a bit. I need to go to the bathroom and I'll come back. But I trust you. Imagine. You do not tell us there, the Arabs, that you trust us in an Bro. exam without the professor. Bro. Man, as soon as he stepped out, we were like maybe 50 students, yeah. the Arabs. 
يا كلب عطني الكتاب and you see books flying calculators flying wow. and the others they're like what the fuck is going on well, you're not even trying to cheat you're just trying to you're we're just, shouting at you give just, me the book give okay, me the calculator yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah we're just trying to catch the 10 minutes that he won't be here and finish the exam <laughs> and by the time he comes back we're like man <laughs> bro I, i think we looked like aliens like everybody's like these guys i can't believe they left the room it was man. crazy man if yeah, they yeah. ever did that you don't us. do that with us bro but the others they were like so obedient and I, wow. i'm like oh shit like that's nice that yeah. they actually can you can trust yeah, them exactly. don't trust us imagine how nice it is for their parents bro they, oh my god eat all their vegetables and we stuff we abused, <laughs> abused the trust that day oh my god yeah um, of course they were the nerd arabs that would wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't help you they would help you but the others oh my and of course if they don't help you do the exam good luck being your friend after nobody likes you خلاص um, yeah ah, i wanted to go to the next point yeah you're very mixed yeah You feel you belong anywhere? <laughs> I don't belong nowhere, bro. I don't belong nowhere. Like, I've traveled the whole world. Like, thank God I've, I've been able to travel the whole world now, practically. I, I think I haven't been to, like, the only continent I haven't been to is South America, which I'm not from any, any of those countries anyway. But I, I want to go there. Everywhere I've been, I've tried to feel like, you know, I fit in here. Mm. Nowhere I've gone have I felt like, all right, these are my people. Because... I'm just so so mixed like my my father is Indian and Irish that's quite simple yeah he's Indian and Irish my mother I don't know what happened with her family yeah <laughs> it's, it's a mess bro we she didn't know her dad growing up so we were told originally her dad was Mexican and Spanish yeah and her mum is Jamaican and English so we were, that's what we were told then she met her dad like five years ago for the first time turns out he's like English, Polish, Russian, uh, Mongolian, like all these things in one man. I'm like, how does this make any sense? <laughs> But it, then he showed us the, the family tree and stuff. And then, so when people ask me now where I'm from, I Everywhere. just, I, yeah, I try and simplify it most of the time. I'm just like, uh, England, Jamaica, Ireland, India. Just, khalas, finish. But yeah, I feel like I'm just from the world, honestly. Mm. And I get along with, with everyone, like, I, I, it doesn't matter. what kind of race i don't i don't feel attached to any specific race i could feel attached to anyone really mm. i think i have a curious question mm. you know this is not a religious or political show yeah but the music you used to produce yeah. was very let's call it religious or conservative yeah but it was music yeah and then you switched completely <laughs> yeah You switch from religious <laughs> conservative to non-conservative i think they called grime or whatever right yeah, yeah. why <laughs> It, bro, oh. so when I was growing up, I, um, I didn't listen to music. My parents were more strict growing up Islamically, like, you know, in Islam, some people believe you're not allowed to listen to music. So my parents were, not my mom, my dad, he was quite strict. He used to tell us, nah, you're not listening to none of this rubbish. Like, we used to have, like, nasheeds or, like, Quran, and that was it. Then... By the way, that's my... Same as you? Yeah, same. Really? Yeah, very conservative yeah. childhood. Bro, it was annoying, bro. Everyone around me was singing songs I didn't know. Yeah, like, yeah. But anyway... Um, you'd, you'd laugh if I tell you this little... I think nobody knows this shit. Got the first music album that I ever bought... Yeah. It's a Mickey Mouse rap album. <laughs> <laughs> that was the... And I had to do it hiding. I'm like, what? Mickey Mouse And if your dad raps? found you listening to Mickey Mouse... Oh my God. Finished. Man, that was like... But like... 
Since when does Mickey Mouse rap? Ah, oh, yeah. Anyways, true. that's how retarded it's true, it is. Honestly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Bro, with me, I used to. Sometimes my friends used to come on long car journeys with us, and they would have headphones in, and like. I would sit in the back with them and I'd try and put one one of their headphones in to listen. I could see my dad in the mirror just <laughs> looking at me and staring out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so and then all of a sudden, when I got to about 11, 12, they just, my parents just done a U-turn. Like they're, they were, they're both musical people as well. So my dad was in the music industry before he started practicing Islam. He was an A&R and my mum, she was a musician um, and quite a good singer as well. So. They were very musical people before they started practicing Islam. So then all of a sudden, they went back to being musical. When I was about 12, 13, I don't know, one of their sheikh or something gave them a different opinion that they started to follow. And um, yeah, suddenly we were allowed to listen to music. <laughs> I wasn't complaining, bro. I was, this was a whole new world for me that I hadn't experienced. And I didn't realize I was so connected to it. I was like, I'm a musical person. They've been holding this from me for my whole life. When I started listening to the music, I'll be drumming along, I'll be singing along, doing harmonies and stuff. It's in your blood. Yeah, it's in my blood, literally in my blood. And my grandparents as well, they would, they would tell me, like, they would get angry at my parents growing up. Like, they knew I was musical, but I didn't know. They could just, they could feel it. They could see me tapping along at different times and stuff. And so when I was allowed to start listening to music, it was like, it was amazing, bro. Like a different sensation entered. And, and from then on, music became a massive part of my life. It wasn't the, the, the most prominent part of my life. Like you, like you said to me earlier, I was just football, 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 football. I just, that was my first passion. So it never, took, it, not, it never took the place of football until I got injured. And then when I got injured, I was in school. I was 15 and I was like, what in the world am I going to do now? I can't do anything in school. I hate school, like in terms of the subjects. Like I liked drama, I liked acting, but that's about it really, and a little bit of English here and there. So I basically just forced myself to, to start singing a little bit. Like, I, I wasn't a singer at all. My dad, he was doing this fundraising, like I said, at these events. And they said, uh, there was this one event I was at with him. I used to go along with him sometimes. And the Nasheed artist didn't turn up, yeah? And he goes to me, can you go on stage and sing something? I was like, are you mad? <laughs> in front of like two, three hundred people, I was like, no, I'm not singing for no one, bro. I'm not singing for nobody. Then he goes, they'll pay you, they'll pay you. I was like, how much? He's like, 150 pounds. I was like, hey, <laughs> for me back then. That Where's was, the mic? Hey, give me the mic, bro. <laughs> and I was, so, so then I did it, 150 pounds in my pocket was, for five minutes. So I was not, wasn't going to say no. And I, did, I wasn't shy. I've never been shy of anything. So Interesting, from the first time? From the first time. Oh, wow. It is in bro. your blood. Yeah, yeah. I was, it's easy for me to get up on stage as it is to, to go to the bathroom, honestly. Like, <laughs> that's, that's how I feel, bro. Um, but yeah, so I just, I got up, I sang, came off, never thought nothing about it after that. Just took the, took the 150, went and bought whatever I went and bought. And then, uh, then I carried on with life. And then a couple months later, this Islamic, they're not an Islam, they are kind of Islamic, I'd say. I don't know what to call them. The Islamic ethos, the music they make, yeah. Is like related to Islam. It's not all faith music. Faith inspired, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. They like to make songs like good morals and, and so on. So they approached me and they, they said, We've seen this video of you singing. I was like, How in the world did you see that? 
I didn't even see anyone filming that day. Yeah? Someone sent it. Someone just sent it. I don't know, some sneaky guy who was recording and he sent it to them. And they just, they kind of offered me a record deal on the spot, more or less. They said, enter an online competition that we're holding and um, we will monitor your progress. There was about four or five different rounds on YouTube. I had to sing when I was about 15. And, uh, and I won it. There was a couple thousand people in it and, and I won. And then they gave me a five album record deal. Now me at this point in life, yeah, I had no idea what that meant. Five albums. Five albums is like you've signed your life. I don't know if you know how long it takes to make five albums, but I had no clue. I thought five albums was like five months, yeah? Five albums. I did one album in five years, put it that way. Oh, wow. Imagine. So, yeah. So I, 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 I started with them and that's how I made my name anyway. So a lot of my music kind of went quite big in Southeast Asia, Malaysia, Indonesia. You know, they have big Muslim populations. <clears throat> so I, um, I spent a lot of time out there. But it wasn't me. It was not, it was not me, bro. Like, I, if you met me, within two minutes, you'd be able to tell. From online, it's different, obviously. I look like the guy. I look like, that's, that's what I look like I'm supposed to be doing. But if you meet me in person after two minutes, anyone who met me would be like, bro, you're nothing how I thought you were going to be like. And I'd be like, I know, man. Like, I, I know. And for a while, it was okay, because life was good. I was traveling the world. I was making good money. I was, I was happy. I was being, I was taken out of a bad kind of situation that I was living in in London at the time. A lot of things were going wrong for me. And I was being taken to other sides of the world and, and people were screaming my name and stuff like that. So I was like, this is like, feels like a dream. I'll carry on. After a while, it just took its toll, man. I was, I didn't feel correct. I didn't feel right just doing it because, because I was being like, Doing it selfishly, basically. It didn't, feel, it didn't feel like it was honest. So I said to them, I said, I need to make some music that actually represents me. They said, it doesn't match with our image. I started to write music. They said, I, sh I showed it to them. They said, it don't match with our image, sorry. I said, okay, well, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to be able to do this forever. Like, I'm growing up. Like, I need to, I need to be at least have some sort of uh, truth coming out about me. They said, what can we do? So I, basically, it took me a while, and I, I parted ways with them. And then I signed, I signed to a UK label last year, about a year and a half ago. And uh, the music that I started with them was very different, like you said. <laughs> but believe it or not, that was more close to what I was like than, than what I was doing before. Mm. But for me, that was too extreme as well. It was too extreme. I was signed to a very London-orientated label and they wanted me to do very UK-based music. I had an international fan base didn't really make sense. They were just like, what are we listening to? They were trying to, I could see they were trying to like it, but I was like, credit to them, man. They, they stuck it, they stuck in there, bro, because that music was not for them. And now I'm independent, bro. <laughs> for the first time ever. That's the new world. Yeah. You can is. do your own thing. Yeah. So but now you're being you. Now I'm being me, yeah. Somewhere in between. Yeah, now I'm, now I'm trying to work out how to portray me but that's the thing. Like I said, I'm thinking too much already. Like I'm, I'm trying to work out what's the best way for people to receive me. So everything we've spoken about in this interview, believe it or not, I swear by, I swear on God's name, I had no intention of coming here and saying this stuff because I don't want people to know. I didn't want people to know that, that, all that stuff about me in one go. I was planning on carefully 
throwing a little bit there, then wait two more years, then, then I'd give you a little bit more there, then wait two more years. I mean, I haven't said everything, but I've said, I've, I've said quite a lot. So I don't know. I'm just taking it every day as it comes right now. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And I'm trying not to think about it and trying to just be it. Mm -hmm. And I think you're doing a good job. Yeah. Do you think today, now that you reach this place where you are more you, your spirituality or your faith is stronger than back then? Yeah, way stronger. But back then it was almost non-existent. Like it was literally, it was the only way it was existent was the way I was, was because of what I was singing. That was the only time I was reminding myself about God when I was singing. And it's not supposed to be like that. Mm. Like you're supposed to remind him through prayer and like you're supposed to have your own connection with God, not one through millions of people. That's what was happening. And I spoke to one, one, one sheikh and they, they're the ones who drilled it into me. They said, your problem is you have a relationship with God that has a million people in the way. You need to have a relationship with God that is just you and him. Forget about what everyone else is saying. Like, mm. like live your life in public that you need to live. But in private, have your relationship with God. And now, nowadays I don't feel like I need to show how close I am with God anymore. Before I was always playing up. I was trying to be seen in the mosque. I was trying to be seen reading the Quran. Now if I do it, I'm doing it because it's what comes, what's coming natural to me. I went for Hajj uh, two, two and a half years ago. And that's what really like made me reignite my, my, my kind of spiritual journey. Which we won't talk too much about, but it's just, it's, it's, it's nice for me that I have that there, honestly. I truly believe that it's not possible to, to gain like temporary happiness without, without God being in your life. Obviously others would disagree. I just feel like from what I've experienced and stuff, everything that's good in this world fades. But your relationship with God, if you, if you work at it, it's something that just never leaves you. And like, I see it with all the people in my life. All the people that are the most religious are the happiest. No matter what they have, no matter what they do, they're just the happiest. So I work to be more like them. That's, I'm not like them now, but I'm, I'm, I, I work to be that. My mother says something very nice. Yeah. Which is something similar that you said. She says the relationship between an individual and God mm. is a vertical relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's direct. Exactly. And the relationship yeah. between you and other fellow humans yeah. is a horizontal, horizontal one. Horizontal, bro. So horizontal and sometimes down. <laughs> and, <saying. laughs> and I think her, her point is yeah. how I treat you, yeah. you have a right to judge me. Yeah. Right? If I am foul or I say something hurtful, You'd be like, Anas, you're hurting my feelings. Yeah. This is wrong. I don't accept this. But how somebody's relationship with God is, mm. is a very personal one. Yeah. It's nobody's business. You no don't need to showcase business. it and show everybody that you're praying like you said, which is a very private and beautiful relationship if you can have that spirituality. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And I never realized it was beautiful until it was happening. Like mm. I used to look at people and, and think like, that doesn't, that doesn't look all that. When you actually find some sort of connection, like you're, it just opens up different sorts of like happiness, man. Mm. It's just like wow. So that's how that's how I feel now. That I'm, I aim to be more and more like that. But it's hard, obviously. There's Did you of, get a lot of hate because you switched the switch and people yeah, will judge bro. you from I got a lot your of hate, look bro. and the way you dress or your hair or? Yeah, I got a lot of hate. Um, over the course of like my career, I've had to try and. I've had to try and find, again, the balance of caring about what people say, but not caring about what they say. Anyone who comes on and says, I don't give, I don't care about what anybody says, man, I'm doing me. Like, I feel like they're just lying because like, 
you, everyone cares a little bit. Like when you're reading stuff, everybody cares a little bit. But at the same time, you can't let it affect your progression with stuff like your religion and, and, your, and, and your family. And, and you can't let it affect your progression in life. So somewhere along the lines, I feel like I've managed to kind of get a good balance of, of listening to what people say, maybe taking it in, but also not letting it direct me. I'm still, I'm still, the, the, I'm still the driver behind my own car. These guys cannot steer me off. Mm. Like, they can, they can join the journey if they want, like get in the back seat. <laughs> but uh, you got, you're not taking the wheel, bro. <laughs> I'm taking the wheel. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, have you been depressed with Oof. all that you've gone through? Oof. Uh, you know, I don't like to say I have, honestly. I feel like the world nowadays throws around this word. Like it's, like it's a tennis ball, like they just throw it around. I, I was depressed here, I was depressed there. I hear my little sisters and their friends using it all the time. Like when they don't get, uh, someone uh, forgot to deliver their, their Fanta in their, in their, in their food delivery. <laughs> like, oh, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. I'm just like, wow, what, this is what the world has turned into. So I try and not, I try and not throw it around and Obviously, like I explained, I've been through some very bad heartache. Nowadays, I don't think it's, it would be possible for me to be depressed. Because like I said, I don't really let things get to me that much. Maybe back then, if someone was to have assessed me clinically, like gone into me, they would, they would have maybe said so. But who knows? Like, I, I, I've never sat there and thought, yeah, I'm depressed. And I've never told people I'm depressed or I'm, I'm in depression or something. But it doesn't mean you weren't. Yeah, it doesn't mean I won't. There would definitely be people in my life who would say that I was, and they, they still do. They told me. Even nowadays, they tell me, you're depressed, bro. Like, yeah, like when I'm talking to them about my life, I'm just like, bro, you're crazy. I'm not depressed, bro. What are you talking about? Like, you know, one of the guests, he's also an artist. Yeah. I asked him, and he said, yeah, I've been depressed and all that. I'm like, how did you get out of it? Yeah. And he said, Anas, the problem is when you're depressed, you don't even know you're depressed. Exactly. That was his journey. Oh, that, some people okay. know because <laughs> I some just people. To his head. No, but maybe you. Maybe it's the same for you. Yeah, but yeah. some people, I think they go to a doctor or they assess and they know. Yeah. Some people never do, and and he's like, you think like you're in a gray area. Yeah. You sleep maybe more. Some people sleep more. Yeah. Some people don't feel. They feel numb. So each person, like even in my mother's interview, we've had one. She talks and she said her depression, she would feel physical pain. You had an interview with a mother, with a mother like yeah, this? Yeah, it's one of the best ones. That's beautiful, bro. Like, and she talks wow. about her depression. Yeah. She talks about how it gave her physical pain. Like she yeah. said, I would roll yeah. on the floor by how painful my depression was. Wow. It was very shocking to hear that, you know, emotional pain can yeah. become physical pain. And that's how some people are like, I'm, I'm hurting inside. And you're like, nothing's wrong with you. Your body's fine. They're like, no, I'm hurting inside. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, if someone, the, the, the funny thing is my, my father is a, he's a mental health specialist. So I told you he does fundraising and stuff, but that's not his main job. His main job is he's a mental health specialist. So he has the, uh, he has the ability and the um, authority to like section people for, for mental health um, problems and, 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 and uh, stuff in the UK. So 
I think if I asked him to, to assess me, that's something that I would never want to do because I feel like he, he's, although we haven't spoken, like I said, I've never opened up to my parents before. He's obviously been assessing. So to hear it from my own father would be something that I would not want to, not want to hear, bro. And you know, it's so funny. There's, no one knows this, yeah? But there was one time, around the time where stuff, life started to like take a turn for me and, and bad things started to, ha- to happen when I was like 16, 15, 16, 17, which was, by the way, the same time as I started to tour and stuff. But this was the main problem. The problem was is that I was, I was supposed to be so happy, and then I'd come home, and I'd, then I'd be smacked straight back into reality, like, oh my God. It's like two different people. Like, I forgot about this. There was one time, I think I've said this before, but there was one time where I was, I was like arrested. I was, in a, um, I, was, I, was, I was with the police in the station. And I had a flight out to Malaysia the same day to go and perform on a TV show where I had to just smile and just be happy. <laughs> I had to be so happy. <laughs> and my, my record label were telling me, like, they didn't know anything that was going on really. So in all fairness, they didn't really know how what was happening, but they were just like to me, make sure you're always smiling. Make sure if anyone asks you, you're just happy and, 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 and all of this and all that. So yeah, it was, it was weird, man. Like I would, I would I'd go from, from zero to a hundred, like real quick, I had to, like I had to. But there was one time where I, was, I got in some trouble and I was, I was really down at this point in my life. And uh, I was, police had, 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 had taken me and I was in a police car and they said, we're calling the, we're calling the on-call social worker for, for this area to come because I was underage, I was under 18. And I put two and two together, I was like, I was like, is that my dad? <laughs> bro, the on-call social worker. Was your father? Yeah, it was my father for that night. He, some, he wasn't working all the time, but there were some nights where he would be like on duty. So for the whole of the borough, he would be the guy that police had to call if there was a kid and they would have to get the kid sectioned. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, impossible. I was begging the officer. I was like, please don't call the social worker. He couldn't understand why. I didn't want to tell him it's my dad. He couldn't understand why. He was like, why? It's just social workers are supposed to be good. Like they come and help you. I was like, I don't want the social worker. I was like, put me in the, put me in the cell. I was like, please just don't call the social worker. Anyway, they called him. <laughs> they called him. <laughs> and then I just had to sit there on the phone. I didn't, I didn't, I told him not to come in. I said, oh, but obviously uh, I just, I got myself in some trouble. It's, everything's fine. I'm, I'm okay. Just, just don't come. <laughs> just please don't come. I didn't want them to see me like that. So anyway, yeah, but that, I couldn't believe that. What, were the, what, were the, what was the likelihood of my father being the social worker that had to come and deal with me? Why would you get arrested at that age? Just like, just... <laughs> Why would you go arrested at 16, 17? Stealing, maybe? Drugs? Alcohol? Smoking? Alcohol, alcohol I've never done. I've, I've never drank alcohol mm. in my life. I've never smoked a cigarette done a lot of other things, man. Like I've done a lot of other things. So at, at, that, at that age, yeah, I was stealing quite a lot. I, I never got caught really for stealing. This was more of a, um, I don't wanna go too much into it. This was more of like a, a personal thing. I was doing something crazy, like in like the street mm. kind of. And uh, you could call it probably like vandalism, I guess. I, I guess, yeah. That, that, could, that could harm myself. So that was the main problem. The problem is I was, I was, at, I was at risk to myself. So that's why they had to arrest me and, yeah. and call a social worker and stuff. But yeah. Hmm. 
You've lived an interesting life. Yeah, man. Um, what did I want to ask you, my friend? Where did you put me in my mind? <laughs> um, we've gone, we've, we've gone all over the place today. No, it's a, it's a proper journey. Proper journey. Proper journey. Yeah. Um, what does love mean to you? I knew it. I knew you was going to ask that. Really? <laughs> I was just about to say, you're going to ask me about love, isn't it? <laughs> ah. It's, look, you see how you said uh, depression is used as a tennis ball. Everybody's using that word. I think like love, love, unfortunately, is diluted. Love is a much more beautiful, grand name, but people are like, I love you in one week. I'm like, no, that's not love. You're infatuated. You're Can attractive. I ask you, what does it mean to you? Oh, you want to flip it? Uh, no, no, I, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Love. I think love is uh, is a very vague word. Yeah. That's why it sells. Yeah. Because everybody has their own definition. Yeah. That's why movies sell. That was. That's why um, books sell because nobody really knows hate. Everybody knows what hate yeah. is. Love is a bit vague. To me. I think when it's something that is bigger than you, so it's not selfless. It's, it's not selfish. It's selfless. I think that is one of lo- part of love, and I think I I read a nice or I heard a nice um, story, where a guy was asked if he believes in fir- uh, love at first sight, and yeah. he said no, I don't. Yeah. I think Oprah asked him uh, why, like yeah. why don't you believe in love at first sight, and he said love is based on respect and trust. Yeah. How can I meet somebody for the first time and oh, say, by the way, I respect you and I trust you. So that's how I would define maybe love, that it's other than being selfless, it's something that is built on those two things. And those two things take time. You don't just give them to somebody, you know. Do Anyways, you, back to you. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask another question. No, but then I'll be able to answer. Do you think that like love is enough for like a partnership to last, like a marriage or... Would you say that love is enough? No. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. Say. I would. I would agree honestly. Like, when people ask me about love, I, I love like romantic comedies and, and stuff like that. I love watching it. I love watching it. I think because I know how far it is from reality, and I'm never gonna get to feel like that. <laughs> so I just like to watch it instead. It's a. It's an alternate happy reality. So most people. The way where we've grown up nowadays, they watch it because they're like hopeful of like achieving that one day. Mm. I sit there and I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, like you said, love is about so much other things. Like, I don't think there's any way love can make a marriage or a partnership last. It's not enough. It includes so much other things. Trust, respect, discipline, like effort. Effort. Yeah, effort, anything bro. good, like you don't get a good body from the gym by going once yeah. or saying, I love the gym. Okay, you love the yeah. gym. Are you going to the yeah. gym? Are you exercising? Are you doing push ups? Yeah. It's work, man. Yeah. Anything good in life needs work. Yeah. If, if you, and if you love someone, then, then you're willing to kind of make the effort, you know, and, and, mm. and, and have the self control and, and the discipline and, and go the extra mile to, to put more trust and stuff. I think a lot of people get love and lust confused a lot of a lot oh, of the big time. time. Nowadays, yeah. You're right. A lot of the time, and lust can last for a while. People are like, "Oh no, I've been with this girl for two years. Like, like I'm, I'm in love. Like, 
I'm like, nah, bro, she still looks good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She still looks good, bro. You just, you're just, you're infatuated. It's lust. Mm -hmm. When you have to make some sacrifices, that's when you know. Then come and tell me if you're in love, innit, bro? You because know, uh, one of the guests said something so nice. He said yeah. it in Arabic. He said, if your love is attached to a certain thing, yeah. then when that thing goes, you're not going to love. So it's not really love. So if you love the girl's beauty, yeah. what if she gets in an accident? Will yeah. you still love her? Will you be with her in the hospital? Exactly. If you will, yeah. then you then truly you love, love that human, yeah. the essence of that human. But if you just like love her looks, yeah. then you only love her looks, yeah. not her personality or her spirit or any of that, which is interesting. It's interesting, man. I've tried, I've tried, obviously, because of what we were talking about earlier, it's not really been possible for me to give my whole self to like someone. I've tried to fall in love many times. I think that's where the, the it's going wrong. You're trying. Yeah, it should, I, somebody I'm only trying because... Somebody told me it should never be an effort. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm only trying because like... You want to feel. I also, I want to feel and I want to, I don't want to keep hurting people. So if, I, if I'm with someone and they, and they love me and I don't love them, it's just, it's just rubbish. Like you should leave, huh? You should leave. I, I do. <laughs> I leave, but after how? Like after how long? Because it takes me a while to work out yeah. and remember. Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. This is only going so far. So. And I can't not try because then I'm not gonna get anywhere in life. You have to try to. Know. You have to try, but trial and error has ended up just from, like hurting a lot of people. So it's, it's hard, man. Like. I feel like arranged marriage for me is the only way. <laughs> Maybe. Throw me into something. Like, so I can't I'll, escape. I'll get to love her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I have a fun question. Yeah. If every human being had a number over their head, like when you see them, you see a number over their head and it's represented something in them. It could be uh, yeah. if they're funny, how rich they are or their title or their honesty, what would you choose? Uh, three. Hmm? Three. What's three? Do you mean what number? No, no, no. Yeah. What does the number represent? So anybody here, anybody in the street, you look yeah. at them, you see a number. It's like a gauge. Yeah. But it's gauging something. Oh, what, what is, is it gauging? Yeah. Uh, I would say it's, it's gauging their, their realness. Hmm. Their ability to like me and you are doing now, just, just be real, basically. It's a good answer. And I was, I was debating, I was with my friend earlier and I was debating before coming here. Yeah. I was like, you know me, like I said to you when I started, I said, this could go two ways. Like I could just sit here and answer every single question how I know should be answered and, once, and, and how people would want me to answer it. Or I could be real for like an hour or two, which is so rare. Like, so it's a breath of fresh air. Like, it's just, but it's just so rare for me. And it's so rare for a lot of people, I think. Yes. So when I look at people sometimes, you know, like when you're on public transport or stuff, I'm, when I'm looking at people, like you said, and I'm, I'm looking at them and thinking, how real are you right now? Like, how real are you acting? If you're on the phone call, how real are you being? You hear people's conversations and they're so fake. <laughs> the small talk is crazy. Yeah. I hate small talk, but, but yeah. And so that's probably what I'm thinking, I think, when I look at people. You know, it's, what's uh, good and sad is so many people, when they stop me, they're like, man, I love your show, it's so real, you're so real. 
And then I'm like, it's a nice compliment. However, I'm like, why is realness celebrated? It's yeah. because it's rare, which is sad. Yeah. It's rare. That's what you said. It's rare. But why should it shouldn't be rare? It should be the majority. It's rare as hell. But it's not. Bro, I, it's it's rare, and I don't I don't want people to think like I'm, like I'm the I'm the fakest of them all right now. I don't even know myself. Like I'm fake to myself. Like I said, I left a version of myself behind at 16. That's the real me. Like I'm so fake that I can't even remember how to be real most of the time. I, I would say that I've I've been as real as I possibly can here right now, but it's hard to be real. Like sometimes, man, depending on what what's happened, that like, it, it is hard. So. It's something you have to you have to work at. But some people obviously they don't want to be real. <laughs> some people they, they they choose to be fake for positive gain and, and so those people are different, obviously. Um, okay, we'll test your realness now. Oof. We've been testing it the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're doing a good job. Uh, Thank you. you talked about suicide. Yeah. Have you ever considered suicide? Um Uh, this is, I feel like a lot of people have considered it because it's so it's so apparent in our world nowadays. I feel like a lot of people have thought about it, not thought about doing it, but they've thought about it, like, or they know someone that has done it, so it's become it's coming to their head, like, wow, that's a that's a real thing. In terms of like, have I ever thought about committing suicide? Um, There, in that time period, where where I didn't know how to how to get through the trauma that I was going through in my life, a lot of things like happened, like and um, yeah, man, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I wouldn't really know how to, how to explain it, because you know it's it's hard because I I haven't spoken to like my um my close family members and stuff about it, so I wouldn't. I don't know how to like delve into it right now, but I. It's definitely been a. Uh, it's definitely been. In my in my life, it's been it's been a part of me. I'll tell you. I'll help you. Yeah. I'm not asking you because I want gossip. I don't care about of gossip. Of course. Yeah. I'm asking you, uh, Harith. Because there are a lot of teenagers that feel that way. Yeah. There's a lot of old people that feel that way and I think the only way to get that fucking elephant out of the room is to talk about it because if we or are, are all of oh, us you, are you in denial on here, yeah? oh you can do whatever you want oh shit <laughs> so, oh man I mean, I've been biting my tongue all day <laughs> no me I don't care look I want I want people to be real yeah, yeah, yeah. if I if I swear outside I'll swear here yeah, if good. I'm if I'm not swearing outside I will never swear here yeah, but yeah. if you see me during work you'll know this guy is friends with Sway. <laughs> but yeah. what I'm trying to say is, um, if everybody, like you said, is being fake yeah. because they think that's the persona they should be, the polished yeah. side, and nobody wants to address these elephants in the, in the room, which is a zoo at the actual, it's not even a room anymore. Yeah. I think we're being in denial and we're not addressing the issue. So why I ask you is when you said your world came apart, your grandparents, yeah. your, one of your best friends or close yeah. friends, do you reach a point where you're, you said, I didn't know how to manage these emotions that you're like, why am I even living? My mm -hmm. whole world just went. Why am I living? Mm -hmm. Do you reach that dark place? Yeah, 
And when you look back at it, it just seems so stupid. I don't want to say it, it sounds insensitive, but I have to be honest with my own kind of thought process of my own actions, yeah? And I'll give you an example. Like, I never, I never thought I'm going to go and commit suicide. It's something that kind of just almost possesses you in a moment of like weakness and, and, and it's just weakness. It's the only thing I can describe it as. It's weak. Because, bro, I've, I've traveled the world. Like I said, I've seen people in the most like crazy circumstances that have been through so much worse than I can ever imagine. And I know everything is relative. Everything you go through is relative and we can only, we can only act how we feel. But I could never forgive myself even. And I could never expect God to forgive me after the things that I've seen in the world if I did that. Because we're lucky, man. Like, from where I come from, like, we have it so good. And I had, I had a lot of pain growing up. But um, now that I've seen these people and, 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 and I've been to, like, the poorest areas in the world, I've, 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 seen, I've seen people, I've seen people, like, die in front, of my, in front of my eyes. I've seen people get shot in front of their family. I've seen some crazy things. And when I go home, it just reminds me, like, whenever something happens now, I'm just like, yeah, all right, keep going. Because these people are living a different kind of reality. But, like you said, a lot of teenagers are feeling this right now. And um, what I would say to them is, 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 if you can get through this, if you can get through whatever you're feeling without giving up, then you're gonna you're gonna be like so much better off having gone through it than not gone through it, and you're gonna be so much better prepared for life. There's there's so many things that that going through the hard parts in my life have helped me with. And if you make it out of the other side, you you it's like you got armor, you got some shields like so. They just have to fight. People just have to fight and not and not 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 be weak. I just I can only describe it as weakness. And I'm someone who's been through losing someone to suicide. I don't like to I don't like to talk bad about people that have passed, but I see it as weakness and nothing else, honestly. And it's sometimes okay to be weak. I it guess. is. It's part of us, you know. It is. But then uh, you need to address it. You need to address it, bro. Or you know, move on. Yeah. We'll make it a bit more fun. Yeah. Ask you a more fun question. <laughs> yeah, let's go, bro. <laughs> let's get some, some balls or something. <laughs> uh, favorite color and three reasons why? Ah, black. <laughs> three reasons why. I said, let's make it more fun. And now black is my favorite color. It's uh, my favorite color. I think it's a great color. I like black. Three reasons why. I like wearing black. I why? Think, I think it just looks best on me. Okay. Like, I think it looks best on most people, to be honest. Mm. I don't like to say it to people. When people come out and they're, and they're wearing white and stuff, like even uh, wedding wedding dresses, <laughs> I'll be looking at wedding dresses. I'm like, you'd look nicer in a black dress, though. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, I don't, but yeah, so I don't like to say it to people. But I, I think black looks better on most people. Mm. Um, I love the night sky. Love the night sky. Why? You know, it's th the sky is the only thing in this world that we can see that's not on this world. Hmm. You ever thought about that? No. It's crazy. It's nice. Everything else that we see is on the planet with us. But when we look up, that's, that's not with us. But we can still see it, which is crazy. 
I'm so fascinated by it because there's so much out there <laughs> that and, and you can you can explore it. We actually have the ability to explore it, which I haven't done yet, but it's one of my one of my it's on my to-do list. I wanna I wanna study that that kind of world out there and as much as possible. And the third reason um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another reason. Um, I feel safe, honestly, in, in, in darkness. Sounds messed up. No, it doesn't. But if I had to say it, it's true. I, I, I feel safe when I'm, when I'm like in a dark place because it's what I'm used to. Like I said, it, these are the moments that have defined my, my kind of personality and my being. Mm. So when I'm in them, I don't feel like, it's kind of like, you know, Bane, the, the, no. the villain from Batman, Bane. Yeah. 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 He gives this speech where he's like, to, he's saying to Batman, he's like, you think I'm afraid of the dark? I was born in it, molded by it. Nice. So I, mean, I wouldn't say I was born in it and molded by it, yeah, but, yeah. but it's the your moments, comfort zone also. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a comfort zone for me. And I'm not a dark person, but when I'm by myself and I'm in a dark place, I feel comfortable. Which sounds so wrong. If my parents watch this, they're going to be so it. worried. <laughs> they're going to be should, so worried. You should uh, celebrate the way you are, whatever yeah. way it is. Yeah. And that's the beauty of life. If everybody says, I like gardens and green trees, it's a boring world. It's a boring world. You know? yeah. um, favorite animal and three reasons why? Uh, I have to say cat, I think. Even though like... They're so common and they're, they're just everywhere. Like I, I've, I've had three cats now. Yeah, three cats while growing up. And my first, my first cat, which was my first kind of pet, was like, honestly, the presence it brought in my life was more than a person. Like, I can't explain it. It had the same birthday as me as well. So I just used to feel like I was just chilling with my guy, man. Like, <laughs> he, he was like an old Persian cat and he used to, Honestly, like he used to come and sit next to me when I was like by myself, like feeling down or something. I used to come home really late at night all the time. So I come home at like three in the morning. Wherever he was in the house, he would hear me come in the door. He'll come in, he'll say, I went to the kitchen, poured myself some cereal. He'll come in, he'll just sit there with me. Like crazy, bro. He's your friend. He was my friend. He was literally my friend. And um, yeah, so they, they, I, don't know, I don't know what other reasons I can really give. Why a cat? Why a cat? So friend. Yeah. And? I think that kind of cat is mellow, but I, yeah. but I don't want to say cats are mellow because they're not cats are flipping. We're talking about your yeah, experience. Yeah, so my, my, in my experience, my cats are, are very mellow. They'll chill. come and they'll chill. That's okay. why I like that. So, okay. um, but I know cats in general, they're quite annoying. They're jumping all around the place mm. and that. And uh, third reason, third reason, I don't know. I like, I like, he was just, he was just, he was just cool, man. He was just mad cool. <laughs> That's nice. Like he made me feel like, he made me feel like, why are you worrying, bro? Like, because if I could, I could do, imagine when you're having the cereal, the yeah. cat comes and puts his arm around. I'm telling you, I felt like that's what he was doing, but just not physically. He would just come in there and just sit in there, like, bro, why are you stressing out? He'll just come sit there and he would stare at me. Like he'll just stare right into my right into my face when I'm sitting there. Sometimes I look back at him and I look at him and I'll be like. You're right, bro. Just, <laughs> I just need to chill. So yeah. So the first one yeah. is how you see yourself, the color. Mm -hmm. You said it's, uh, it looks good. Yeah. 
it's uh, vast. Yeah. And you said, um, not vast, you said it's the sky, so it's out of this world, it's not. And you said it's your comfort zone. Yeah. Okay. The second one is your ideal partner. Cool. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no. Not, the, not the cat, that would be weird. Cool. Uh, friend. Okay, makes sense. And uh, you said uh, chill. I'd be choosing the wrong partners then, bro. You have, maybe. Wow. Is this, like a, is this like a proven thing? It's an article I read, which, which I, since I've been using it a lot, yeah. I think it's quite accurate. I have to say, from my experience, it's a very accurate question. Yeah. I'm doing okay. it all wrong then. Yeah, <laughs> we need to... Because uh, I'm going to keep you here for three hours if we keep talking. How long have we been talking, bro? It's How long have we been talking? Oh, it feels like, like half an hour. It's mad. Okay, we'll narrow it down. Yeah. Um... Do you wake up happy or sad? Uh, I would say I wake up sad, honestly. I don't want to sound sad. I just, I just miss, like, like I said at the beginning, I don't want to bring it back, but I, I just miss, like, um, being able to acceptingly feel what's happening around me. Because sometimes it can feel quite, like, tedious waking up every day knowing that nothing's going to affect you that much. Hmm. It's just like a, like a grey day, like everything is just... You think, I think, Harith, from what I'm listening, you are um, a victim of not living in the moment. And I don't mean to sound cheesy. You miss the old Harith, pre-16, yeah. because he was, you know, he felt more. But then you're always forecasting a bad day or forecasting not feeling. Mm. So you just screwed up your present, present because you missed the, you're in the past. Yeah. Anything the future is screwed, so the the present is a bit fucked. <laughs> yeah. In a in a way or exactly. other. But if you like, you know what? Let the day be as it's going to be. If I'm going to laugh, it's going to be stressful. Whatever. Let's see what happens. Uh. And just go with it because being anxious is just worrying too much about the future. And usually it's much, not as dramatic as we make it in our yeah, mind. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Best moment in your life? Oof. Oof. By the way, when I say off, I know off to Arabic. No, we say off. You say off as well? I, I write even off as a comment. Off. If something's yeah. very common, like off. Because some people, like, when I say off, they're like, what do you mean? It's like mm. it's a bad thing. It can be if your parent says, uh, uh, come, and you're like, off. Off, yeah, yeah. That's like a pff, like that. There's a hadith. That's different. Yeah, there's yeah. a hadith. That's yeah. different. Often. Exactly. That's different. Yeah. We, no, we're like, I don't mean like, like, off, like, oh my God, like, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. cool, you know? Yeah, I just mean like that. Yeah. Um, best moment in my life? Mm. Uh, it, would have, it would have to be Hajj, I think. Really? Yeah. It sounds so cliche, maybe, to say. But so now tell us why. So I, when I went on Hajj, I left my phone in, in, in England. So I was away for three weeks. Oh, not even in the hotel, in England. In England. I was so determined. I had a lot of things that were holding me back, I felt like, in life. Just not, not holding me back in terms of like my career or anything. They were just holding me back. A lot of people were holding me back. For understandable reasons, but, but it, was just, it, was getting, it was getting annoying. So when I was on Hajj, I was asking God, please allow me to forget about, about these things. Like, and it was almost like a miracle. When I came back home, 
after three weeks of not being with your phone is crazy. Like you, you, you completely, you realize we, we are living so much of our lives through this thing. Like so much of our lives through it. I didn't, at first couple of days I kept reaching for it. Yeah, like having the sweats and stuff. Like where's my phone? Where's my phone? But um, after, the, after that, I was suddenly, it's like my eyes have only been 10% open for so many years. And then without it, the rest of the 90% opened. And I was like, so this is what I've been missing out on. Like, mm. So not only was I getting the spiritual benefit that I hadn't received ever in my life, because I had never felt close or a connection to God even for my whole life until I was on Hajj. But I also, because of that, realized we have to like, we have to be present more. We have to, we have to be awake. Mm. And this is something that's like, honestly, I, I don't mean to hate on phones, but it's, it's, you know, I read a phrase the other day that said, the internet was created as a, an escape from reality. And now reality is an escape from the internet. It's, it's crazy. Like if you turn off the internet for a couple of minutes, you're escaping, <laughs> literally you're escaping. Your Wi-Fi goes on the plane, you are escaping, but we, we, we still want it. We're like, excuse me, what's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> we still, we, we just can't live without it. So yeah, that, there's a lot of reasons honestly why that's the best, best moment in my life. But those three weeks, I felt most free. I felt like a bird, honestly, I was, I was chilling. Mm. Yeah. Worst moment in your life? Um, oh. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't know. I, would, I wouldn't know how to really compare them. Um, I've had some moments recently, which will sound weird because in, in words, they don't sound as like, as bad as like the moments I went through when I was a kid, like losing people and, and, and stuff like that, and finding out that I'd lost people and like suddenly and stuff like that. But I've had some moments recently where I've realized how much I'm, how much I'm stopping myself from being happy, which have been quite bad. And um, I'd say those moments are worse, honestly, because you feel more at fault and you feel more like you can do something about them. It's very frustrating when you feel like you could do something about this to stop it, but you're not. And you can sit up for the whole night, which I do a lot, and try and convince yourself that you don't need to be like this and you, and, you, and you don't need to stop yourself from, from, from feeling this and, and being happy and stuff. And you wake up the next morning, or you start life again the next morning, and you just go back to square one, exactly the same. Almost like, have you seen the film Groundhog Day? Where the guy keeps living Maybe. the same day over yes, and over yes, again. Yes, 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 yes. I think, yeah, I've had some times like that recently, where I feel so like, it's just repetition, too much, too much. And that, that's left me feeling more empty and more sad and more down than even the actual pain and heartache. Because at least I knew I was living then. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah. That's what I'd have to say. Mm. When was the last time you cried? Oh, man. Bro, 
I want to cry so bad. Like I, this is one of my, this is one of my things I pray for most. I think I, I think I came close to crying earlier here today. Yes, you did. Did I? Yes, when you were talking about uh, Lebanon. But I would have stopped myself. See? I noticed. I just want to cry so bad, because everyone around me is crying. I'm surrounded by a lot of people that, that cry a lot. And like I said, when I was a kid, I used to cry about everything. And I've, I've had dreams, actually, where I've hugged people that, that have passed away and I've, I've hugged them for like hours in my dream. And I'm just crying and crying and crying and crying. And I'm not trying to let go and I'm just releasing. And I wake up and I'm like, why was that a dream? Like, I, I would have done anything for that to be real life. Because I see when people cry, the release, the relief that they're getting. It, I don't think there's, there's, there's very little things in this world that can compare to that feeling from what I can see of, of just being able to just release. And I haven't had that feeling. You asked me when the last time I cried was when I was 17. Yeah, I was 17, so six years which is just, which seems so crazy to me because if you knew the amount of pain I've been through since then and the amount of things I've had to deal with, I doesn't even, it's like, it's almost like I can't believe it. Like, why, why haven't, why, how did I not cry then? How did I not cry then? What was, what was happening then? Like, but I know I haven't because every time I've, I've like recognized it, that other people are crying and I'm not. So yeah. Sounds sounds silly, but pray that I can cry. <laughs> if you're gonna take one thing away from this, then you I... haven't said anything that I thought has been silly, Hara. Yeah. Not one. If there was, I would tell you nothing. Yeah. I think you're just you. you're a beautiful human being. Thank you. Bro. Yeah, that's what I think. And you feel in a very <laughs> numb world. Yeah. Um, What is your grandparents' names? My grandparents' names were... Um, I had three grandparents that passed now. Uh, one the was, two that you were... Yeah. Uh, that they brought you up? Yeah, the two that brought me up was... Uh, she was Irish. Irish, uh, Irish lady and then... Uh, so, in one word. How would you word? describe her in one word? Indestructible. Hmm. Yeah. The only thing that could beat her was the thing that beat her and, and took her from, from us. But, but she was, you know, when I, when, I, when I listen to the way that some people talk about women and, and that they're, some people have this thing that like women are like, they need to be stronger and like they need to be more, I don't understand it because she was the strongest person I've ever known. She was indestructible, bro. Like she was fierce. She knocked everything down in her path. She was like about this tall. <laughs> she was like four foot 11. And no matter how big the obstacle in the way, she would knock it down. So the definition, def the definition of a woman to me was her. And like, that's the strongest thing I know. Mm. Superhero. That's another word I would describe as superhero. In one word. Um, Um, 
Just loving, I'd say. Who? Uh, he taught me how to love, I think, that my granddad, yeah. Really? Yeah. Harith, who's the most important person in your life today? Today? Hmm. That's a big question, man. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are going to be very upset when I, when I answer this. <laughs> um, my cousin, I would say. Who is the cousin? What's the name? I don't want to say that. I don't want to because they'll be upset. <laughs> the other ones might be upset. So this way I can get away with it. Maybe. <laughs> Politically correct. But they will know who they will know who they are. But like, yeah, it's yeah. When I was going through, when I was growing up and, and going through all of this mad stuff and I, that I'm still going through right now, although they don't help me the most, <laughs> they don't, if I'm honest, they don't help me the most, but their presence is the thing I value the most. Mm. So without them needing to help me. I like how you made them them instead of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I've got to be careful here, bro. <laughs> okay, this X person, in yeah. one word. That person? Mm. Um, comfort. Comfort. Yeah. Mm. When I'm with them, it's just I feel I feel like I feel yeah I just feel comfortable, and I hardly ever feel comfortable, but I feel I feel comfortable now and then. Mm. Final one. Yeah. Al Harith in one word. Al Harith. Mm. Me. Oof. Uh. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but I can explain it. I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be I'm trying to be real. So maybe redefining or re refinding or or I don't know how you would describe that in one word. Discovering? This yeah, discovering then. That makes more sense. Don't say yes if you if you don't think it's so. If you think it works, it works. You know I me, mean? I feel old, man. What well, about you? Do for you a twenty three year old? Yeah. Man, I've had some old guys that I'm like, when I talk to them, I'm like, yeah. where is all of the growth? <laughs> bro, this one, I feel old as hell, bro. When people ask me, like, my, my, how I feel, how old I feel, like, nothing below, like, 60. Honestly, I feel... <laughs> Maybe you're an old spirit. Yeah, man, I feel, I feel old. So when you said discovering, kind of, but in a way, also, I feel like I've kind of done everything. And like, and, like, lived, seen so much, so... I don't know if discovering is the right word, but, but I am um, reconnecting, I'd say. That's a better word. Sure. That's a good word. Shukran. This was good. I'm very impressed. I like that man. ending. Shukran. That was sick. <laughs>